Big News in the Trenches podcast, a late night edition if you're live with us on Twitch. Crazy times. I I love it. I, I really love it. Dude, football happened this weekend. It was amazing. It was a wild weekend. I am all for it. I can't wait to get into it. Football is still happening, actually. Clemson and Duke is live right now, so we may have some live reactions in here somewhere. It just you're gonna have to deal with it, and you should have been live with us on Twitch. It would have made the experience better. So, Absolutely. I mean, with that, I'm hope I'm hoping, not hoping. I am getting a whole new rig set up here, uh, probably within the week. I'm just waiting on the desk. I've got a full PC that my friend is selling me, uh, so we're gonna get a full PC, and I'm gonna reorganize it so I can have my TV in front of me. That way, I can have it on mute and still watch the game as we're streaming. So it's not behind me. Like instead of right instead of having to turn around all the time, you're going to join yes, the 21st yes, century? Exactly. <laughs> yes. This is wild thinking here. I'm in favor of it. That's great. Good for you. <laughs> We're going to get there eventually, guys. Come on. In the meantime, we, we have bottom, week one. Now we still slightly above it. We have week one to review here. Uh, worth, I think, starting off by just saying it is fantastic to watch football again. I know week zero happened, but oh my gosh, there were so many games week one. I forgot what that felt like, and it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's been a lot of people like, oh, what did we learn from week one? What did we learn from week one? All I really learned Nothing. is that it's still way too early to tell anything. Yes, exactly. And, you know, maybe the so, SEC is in trouble this year, finally. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. We didn't learn anything, and yet it's perfect time for overreactions. I love it. <laughs> I, oh, if, if we're exactly. going to go overreactions, just, just wait till later, and I'll be all in on the overreactions. Yes, perfect time to start overreacting very hard. We have plenty of games to overreact to for week one. Actually, I believe it is like 15 of them. So we're going to get to all those. Might throw a couple others in the mix, too, because there were some fantastic games that we didn't get to touch on in our yep. preview episode that are worth a mention. Uh, I think it's fair to just say if we if we start with the rules, it might help people follow along a little bit better, which I didn't clear this with Bug and Tug, by the way. I just made this <coughs> slide and then presented it last episode. And everyone kind of went with it. So there That's, are some rules in here. This <laughs> this is I mean, I saw it beforehand. I did see it beforehand. This is legitimately <laughs> your your powers as the executive producer. I know. It, it, I love that. I love having powers as executive <laughs> producer. But <laughs> the bonus points, the whole ordeal, uh, plus one bonus point, bonus win on our pick'em record. If we have two out of three good games that we pick for the week, uh, we'll have to discuss those things live on the show. So those aren't embedded into our records on the slides today. We will see those in our records so far where they stand on Thursday. If we get any today, which we might, we might, but we'll have to discuss that live on the air. And then if we can't agree tonight, the idea is that's when it'll go to a poll on x.com slash bdt football where you can vote in our polls and help us determine if we deserve any bonus points or not because good games are subjective and there were plenty of really interesting games this weekend that may or may not have been good there were (laughs) 
I don't want to spoil anything here, but one of us was very angry this week. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> for reasons. This Before is how we started we the week. <laughs> this this might be a little foreshadowing of uh, what somebody was <laughs> particularly upset about. I don't know. I don't know if this is perfect foreshadowing, but it's tells us something. <laughs> I think uh, it's my it, slide where he got real angry. <laughs> let's just get into it on easy mode here. Ranked versus ranked matchups. This does include oh, Jesus. FCS ranked versus FBS ranked matchups, which is very fun. It's a great addition to the show. I really enjoy this, but also it was the easiest picks in the world to possibly make. This is the first 70-point game in Lane Kiffin's tenure at Ole Miss. Uh, That was an easy win for Ole Miss over the Mercer Bears. Look, all I got to say for these first two games is I hope the payout was enough. Uh, Almost like, well, I actually feel bad for Oregon's mascot. 81 points to do (laughs) push-ups. Every time they scored, that yeah. that the poor mascot man. I know he's just got fucking game, guns right now. If you're if you're at Oregon right now, you just need to go and see whose arms are just absolutely massive, because <laughs> uh, that's probably who the mascot is. And so yeah. then they're either on the football team or they are puddles the duck. That's, that's one weird. of the two. <laughs> one of the two. And I, I'll say this too: you know, Mercer ranked number twenty in the stats perform. <laughs> Top 25 for the FCS. They did not really look like that in week zero to begin with. Uh, so while you might expect maybe a little bit better showing from them, no, this is this is probably about right. You can say that, but I'll retort with North Alabama actually looked very good in their week one. I mean, game. that's that's also true. That's also so, very true. And Mercer still be, still beat North Alabama. So yeah. Mercer gave North Alabama half those chances because of their their mistakes. Yes, yes, well, that's but why there is they had some a tune-up game where they went credit. and played Ole Miss, right? To be the right. tune-up game for Ole Miss, needed that warm up <laughs> to go be a warm up. Yeah, it's beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, very similar story for our next game here. Semo uh, at Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas State was always going to win this one. That was not really a surprise to any of us. But forty-five to nothing. Is a little bit of a surprise. I thought the SEMO offense was better than that. Maybe the Kansas State defense is better than I expected at the same time. Who knows? Yeah. Well, and contrary to popular belief, the reigning Big 12 champion is Kansas State. And uh, they came out ready to defend their title against SEMO, which, you know, whatever. It's a great start to the campaign for them. <laughs> they let Kansas State SEMO points. That's what they let happen. That's, yeah, that's, what, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> And then we got to the greatest game of the weekend, at least as far as rankings are concerned. Number five, LSU basically visiting number eight, Florida State. A lot of hype around this matchup for good reason. A lot of very strong hype around both of these teams and their possibilities to go on and win their conferences potentially. But man, Florida State came out and really surprised me. You got to say. It wasn't that – I was going to say – it. It wasn't that clear from the beginning. I missed the first half, but when I, I I had a hockey game, but when I got my truck and I threw it on, at halftime it was seventeen fourteen LSU in the lead. Well, I saw the first half. Florida State the then turned around. So I guess we up. can piece together the rest of the game together. 
And the first Florida half State was really awesome. Put up, but yeah, yeah. Florida State came out in the second half, put up thirty-one unanswered, and I gotta tell you. That last point scoring drive they had was filled with hatred. That was a statement drive of we're here. Don't mess with us. We'll see how long it holds, but that Florida State team looks really good this year. That's that's FSU making a statement of FSU is finally back. That's Mike Norvell making a statement. That, yeah. That he's he was the right man for the job. And you know, there's there's been discussions about, you know, was he is he the right guy for the job? A lot of a lot of FSU Fans wanted Deion Sanders until he, for all intents and purposes, completely shit on Florida State and said, absolutely fucking not. Uh, and then they just begrudgingly accepted that Mike Norvell was going to be their coach. They had to be patient, obviously, uh, with the recruiting, him getting his guys in there, getting his team in there. Uh, this team, compared to whatever the hell Brian Kelly has down at LSU, is light years ahead of them. I'm – I'm glad you brought up Brian Kelly because if we're going to start with the week one overreactions, I got to ask, is Brian Kelly's seat heating up? No. The knock on him was always that he couldn't recruit, though. (laughs) I mean, that was always the knock on him at Notre Dame, too. Yep. Right. Right. And I'm saying this is not a Brian Kelly recruited team yet. (laughs) And there's still a very real possibility that LSU wins the SEC. Like, we're making this out to be a huge – like definitive Which, statement that LSU sucks apparently, but I got to be honest with you, the second half was a lot different in part because there were some key injuries and some key yeah. missed opportunities for LSU I, offensive players. Jaden Daniels didn't thinking, play the entire game. The LSU running backs weren't in the entire game. The ones that were supposed to be starting anyway weren't in the entire game. The defense still played pretty well in specific moments, but there were, I mean, there were some big plays that got away from them. And at some level, you're going to play offenses that get big plays on you. If yeah. you can't score more than 40 points in a game, you're not going to beat the best teams in the country anymore. That's just the way football works now. So the offense not being healthy for a pretty significant part of the second half, honestly, is a is a massive reason why LSU actually lost this game. I will say, too, the offensive lines for both teams looked like they struggled a bit out the gate. And I think – we, I mean, we usually see this. Offensive lines tend to get better as the season progresses and they play together for longer. So yep. there is a very strong possibility that LSU is a lot better in three weeks, four weeks, than they were for this game. And part of that for injuries, part of that just because we need the offensive line to, to get some cohesion. Yeah. No, I, I was absolutely just taking the time. I don't think it is either. I think if he struggles to get to a bowl game or doesn't end up in the top like three because the SEC still has divisions in top three of the SEC West. I think it will start heating up. I think it's way too early to call that myself, but I was playing into the week one overreactions because everyone's doing it. It sounds like it's kind of fun. My week one overreaction is fuck you guys. I only picked LSU because Florida State was taken by both of you suckers, and I didn't want to get mean. <laughs> I wanted to take FSU, and that's going to be a recurring theme on this show today. But fuck you guys. <laughs> so I'm not playing by those rules anymore. I'm just going to pick who I want. That's how this is going to work, and we're going to get memed to fucked on. And it just is what it is. Well, well we didn't get memed this in this next one. Yeah. Uh, Miami, Ohio, the only confusion there was that Miami, Ohio was going to show them who the real Miami was. Right. Except they, they did. did. It turns out they did. They let out. the U know that they were the real Miami. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and the you said, yeah, but we are the Miami now. They looked him dead in the eyes and went, we are the Miami now. No, it's a, they, it's a series we, we've, we've always been used, never lost. Real. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it is a fun semi rivalry that we still like to call out because it's, you know, it's the confusion bowl. It's fun. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was definitely going to be Miami, Florida, not Miami, Ohio. And we picked <laughs> Miami, Florida, Florida, and Miami, Florida won. So makes sense. Easy enough. Next up, the Battle of the Carolinas. You went with South Carolina, Bug. And I yeah. really felt where you were coming from, and I was close to picking them. But I just couldn't get over UNC's offense. I didn't trust that South Carolina offense to deliver the same way. Uh, what did you see out of Spencer Rattler that made you want to pick them to begin with? Not a, not a shot. That sounded like I was thinking. Yeah, no, 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 no. But- <laughs> You know, I, I just feel like Spencer Rattler has been through it and was in a better position, especially being at home in a big rivalry game. Figured that'd give him a little bit of an edge, and it was close for a half. Uh, and then UNC just came out and dominated the second half. I got to say, you know, I I don't have the, the Clemson-Duke game up right now, but I'm kind of curious if UNC is going to be a real threat to Clemson this year in the ACC, and for that matter, FSU. I don't know if I would say that because there's no way that UNC puts up nine sacks a game. Uh, This game did not go the way I thought it would. Spencer Rattler actually played a lot better than I expected him to, but his offensive line is a straight sieve. Turnstile, like nine sacks in a game is absolutely brutal. That's where you get that 14-point difference from. Well, and let's face it, really bad because they start the defense has 11 sacks. So to finish the game with only nine, God damn it. They had 20 (laughs) sacks on the game at the end of it. How's that? Well, and let's, let's face it. it. North Carolina (laughs) is a men's basketball school. South Carolina is a women's basketball school. Neither of these schools are good at football. So the fact that we were even talking about this game is kind of crazy to me. Okay. Hater. (laughs) It's not me. (laughs) For once, so far this season, it is not Tug being the hater. For the first time. We'll get to a Pac-12 game here in a minute. Or Pac-2. We calling it the Pac-2 now? No, fuck you. Yes. Yes. You mean you mean the conference that went 11-0 on the weekend? Yes. Man, I hate this podcast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, West Virginia at number seven, Penn State. Yeah, it was going to be Penn State. Uh, we... Wanted to pick it because it used to be a rivalry game way back in the day before any of us were born, really. But it, Look, uh, for conferences ruined everything. Yeah. For, for a team that's being talked about as a potential to come out of the Big Ten to the playoff, if the cards fall the right way against Michigan and Ohio State, this game was a lot closer than I expected it to be. I mean, you can like, like, they either do. Yeah, they, you can you can say that all you want to, but look at Ohio State only beat Indiana twenty three to three. This Team is valid. York only beat East Carolina thirty to three. Like thirty eight to fifteen is not that bad when you're actually playing well, a power five game. opponent there. And I would say on on a neutral slate game, I'm taking West Virginia over Indiana ten times out of ten. Even as bad as we talked about that West Virginia team is going to be this year. So there's also I don't the think fact this record, that I don't think this game is that bad for Penn State, and it honestly solidifies. Uh, Olu Fashanu as probably 
I don't know that there's too much debate at the moment, the number one offensive tackle in the draft heading into next season. I think Penn oh, State's fair. in a good spot. The The only thing I think you're discounting for Ohio State, Indiana, is the conference matchup factor that does play into it. Um, there's a familiarity there that Penn State doesn't necessarily have with, with Western Virginia. What Western, Jesus, West Virginia. Um, either way, I, I do see what you're saying, and I'll, I'll concede to that. Is there a Western Virginia University? I want to find this now. <laughs> While you're doing that, let's move on to my matchups here. Uh, yeah, we already talked about East Carolina at number two, Michigan. Michigan winning this one 30-3. Look, I, you guys took Michigan. That was the obvious pick for sure, 100%. The reason I even picked East Carolina is because it's like 96%, 99%, 99%, 99%. That's Michigan's likelihood to win their first four games without uh, Jim Harbaugh there. So my thought was, if they're going to lose a game, this is the one that they would lose. I thought maybe ECU would have a chance. They didn't. They didn't. They, they're missing way too many pieces from last year. This is a very different team. Uh, and they, I mean, credit to them, they held them, they held Michigan to 30 points at home in the home opener. But, man, that's that's tough for East Carolina. Good for Memphis, tough so, for East Carolina. There's there's a couple storylines with this game that I want to highlight. Uh, number one, Michigan's not using the same interim coach for the first three games. They're they're doing this weird, like, everyone gets a turn, high five bullshit. Um, I think next week they're splitting the game in half between their special teams coordinator and some other Joe Blow probably off the street that they just found to <laughs> call plays for a half. Uh, and then week three, it's their offensive coordinator. Last week, it was their defensive coordinator. And then number two, this weird train formation tribute to G uh, Jim Harbaugh, free Harbaugh sh shirts on uh, in, in pregame. Guys, the school suspended him. What are what are you protesting? The NCAA you hasn't done anything. You can still protest against your school. You 100% can I, protest against your school. But it, but it was an internal decision, and I think it actually came from Harbaugh himself saying, hey, let me take this for the first three games. He yeah, said, I volunteer his tribute. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I know. I just, <laughs> Everything that school ben, does makes me laugh. Ben, 100%, you're right. They absolutely can protest their own school. Like, I get that, but it just made no sense. Well, Even at the time that they did it, <laughs> on you know what else makes no sense? You know what else makes no sense? They have they brought in a transfer from Stanford, which you would think you know that's obviously going to be no issue with academics. Then transferring from Stanford, uh, three quarters of his credits would not transfer. So he's God, I love the public school system. <laughs> he's coming in as basically like a barely a sophomore. Uh, in in terms of credit hours <laughs> that actually transferred from Stanford, this is so dumb. They are so full of themselves. How do you not take Stanford transfer credits? Get out of here! Because <laughs> so, uh, they didn't get that money that Stanford got. I guarantee I you, it's all fucking Gen Eds. They know. want that Gen on, Ed money. On a on a, they're paying him. They're giving that, them where do you think the fucking scholarship money comes from? Somebody's getting paid. You're right. <laughs> I, either way, uh, on a real note on this game, on my analysis, 
Uh, Blake Horm still looks like Blake Horm. He is going to be a problem for opposing offense, uh, opposing defenses. The real difference in this offense that I saw in this first week was JJ McCarthy. He's actually able to hit that deep ball a little more consistently than he was last year. Doug's probably about to remove me from the stream because he actually looked really good throughout this game. Um, we'll see what that develops into, see if he can hold it, but this Michigan offense actually looks much improved from last year. I stopped paying attention. I don't know what you said. I was All right, cool. Cool, cool. No, I also <laughs> want to confirm there is no Western Virginia University, unfortunately. Uh, there is West Virginia University, obviously, and West Virginia State, but there is no Western Virginia so, University. So does West Virginia Sad. University technically count as a directional school? As much no. as North Carolina and South Carolina. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. Uh, Next I up, think the Davidson, Davidson BMI. BMI. What yeah, I hell? picked this game because I know how much John loves senior military academies. Uh, and I had zero faith I in the really Citadel don't. playing Georgia Southern. Exactly. And Which I knew you wouldn't fair. pick VMI. Yeah. Uh, I knew you wouldn't pick VMI. So I was like, huh, you know what? It'll rub it in even more when VMI wins this game. I had no reason to take if this. The I, didn't ugliest, watch the I, don't even, I didn't either, but this had to be the ugliest game of the weekend. VMI had... It was gross. VMI scored two touchdowns, missed the PAT on one, and missed the two-point conversion on the other. I legitimately legitimately saying this. You do not get a point for a good game on this one. Like, this game sucked. This game (laughs) sucked. And uh, I want to say, too, I pointed out in our preview show that you had a right to pick this, even as good as Davidson has been the past two years. VMI has dominated this series against Davidson. And I think that's more of a testament to how bad Davidson usually is, you know, barring the last two years than just VMI being any good at all ever. But VMI continues to have Davidson's number here for no good reason. 12-7 in one of the ugliest football games I've ever laid my eyes on. And I <laughs> hate it so much. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> And then on and, the other hand, we had one I, of the better games of the weekend <clears throat> that unfortunately is not a conference game. Thanks, Houston. Uh, yeah. 17 to 14. This one was close throughout. Houston broke out some Oilers throwback looking uniforms. Uh, I'm pretty sure it still said Cougars oh, across the helmet. So that was interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't understand Houston's uh infatuation with them. I think they're just trying to get ahead of the Titans breaking those bad boys out because they know how pissed Texans fans are going to be. Yep. Trying to ingratiate. I think, I I do think it's a good marketing ploy too. like get the city of Houston behind you a little bit more, especially now that you're in the big 12. And it did look good. And it looked good. It looked clean as shit. (laughs) But man, UTSA holding you that close. I don't know if this says more about how good UTSA continues to be or how much Houston still has to improve because let's face it last year, they were not good. They were magically able to turn their season around to be respectable at the halfway point. I think they're probably on the same trajectory as they were last year, and it's just it's going to take a couple losses, and they might fall apart again. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that this is not about Houston being better than UTSA. This is about UTSA shooting themselves in the foot the entire game. Uh, 
Frank Harris had three interceptions. They dropped, they, they turfed a ball, turned it over to Houston. Houston wins the turnover battle four to nothing. I think they only got 14 points off of turnovers. And hey, what do you know? They only scored 17 total. Houston is going to be in for a rough year based on the display I saw. They're not going to be able to get turnovers at that rate the entire season, especially not against the level of competition they're going to be playing against. So we're looking at maybe 28 to 3 UTSA without the turnovers. <laughs> yes. It's probably. <laughs> I think that's real. I also picked Houston for this one purely to avoid the meme. And this is the only one that I lucked out on for that. Uh this is I had no right to I, get a get a win here. <laughs> I was legitimately torn about this. Um, but I hate Houston. And right. I wanted UTSA to win. I wanted the American Athletic Conference replacement to beat the team that just left. And man, they they should have. They absolutely should have. Right. This was in UTSA's hands. Yeah, definitely was. And the same as last year, right? Like they, it was a three point game last year as well, into yep. multiple overtimes. So right. it's these programs are basically the same thing. The Big Twelve should have grabbed UTSA. I agree. I think UTSA's trajectory is better. All right. So before we push to the next slide, do we want to talk about where we grade these games? I don't. I don't get any points. I had one good game, and that's like marginal. As long as we all agree, I thought that was kind of a foregone conclusion. It was never stated, though. We need to say it. Yeah, UTSA Houston was uh, was good. I think. Other than that, no, no no bonus points awarded. Uh, next for my matchups of the weekend. Uh, I tried to, I tried to do something here. So South <laughs> Alabama at Tulane, there was a lot of I, reason to go into this expecting a, a stylistic battle, an interesting matchup of strength on strength. You know, South Alabama's returning. I don't remember the exact number. It's close to 20 starters from their entire team last nice. year that won 10 games and Tulane is returning less than a handful of starters. Problem is one of those starters is Michael Pratt, who's a really fantastic quarterback for Tulane. So that certainly <laughs> helps the green wave here. Also it was at Tulane and it was a fantastic environment. One of the cleanest looking fields in all of college football for the record, like that big logo on the middle of the field looked awesome. And yeah, Tulane did end up winning this one 37 to 17. It was closer than that in the first half, but man, Tulane definitely pulled away. And I understand not calling this a good one at the end there. But man, I had high hopes for South Alabama. I I've seen South Alabama struggle enough against bigger opponents, you know, bigger schools, quote unquote. Uh I, I was not going to give any any sort of credence to South Alabama in this one. I went with the gut. The gut held. Fuck you. Second up, <laughs> Incarnate Word at University of Texas, El Paso. Second week in a row, we're talking about a UTEP game. And UTEP. Not, never again. Just... This is a new podcast rule. Never again. I cannot make that promise. Uh, so <laughs> I legitimately As it, UTEP. I had UTEP in the slides here for the entire week until 
we decided to move the podcast from Thursday to Friday to watch some Thursday night week one football. And then on Friday, I changed my pick to Incarnate Word because you guys convinced me, like you both picked Incarnate Word without hesitation. And like, I'm looking into it and like, yeah, that does, it certainly does feel like a good upset opportunity for the FCS. And oh my gosh, I am very upset about this right now. I, I, like, my, I gut said UT, my gut said UTEP and I just couldn't, couldn't go through with it for some reason. And this slide looks terrible now for me. I hate it so, so much. So we're, we're about to, we're, we're about it's to gonna, talk it's about. It's going to look better for you here in a second. We're about to talk about a very one-dimensional offense, but as it turns out, UTEP has a very one-dimensional defense. Uh, yes. They're really good at stopping the pass. They yeah. are not good at stopping the run, which uh, is that's exactly why I wanted to pick them. <laughs> it's essentially what happened here. Yep, sure is. <laughs> hey, this team they're is good really at good the at one thing I knew they were good at. And you, Incarnate Word, did the only thing that I thought they would do. And I, I, I just but, decided against my own better thinking here. But but did Praise Amawale get his get his? I stats? don't even know, man. I didn't. No. I didn't want to hurt myself further by digging into the stats here. I just I know that uh, Zach calls out it did not look good. The defensive line felt like they were all over it, and I'm sure Praise Amawale was a big part of that. But I didn't want to – it was one of the, like, four games that I had on at one point, even though I was at my grandparents' house. And, like, I felt bad because it's his, my papal's birthday weekend. And I was supposed to be, like, hanging out with him. But I was also watching, like, four games sneakily. And I noticed that UTEP was whooping Incarnate Word's ass. And I just had to move away. <laughs> that's, that's this what reminds me of something else you were doing a year ago while <laughs> sneakily watching football. Yeah, at a at a baptism, maybe. <laughs> there were some multiple. There have been multiple occasions where I should not have been watching football. And I was <laughs> watching college football. Let's just get it out of the way. It's a thing you have to deal with if you hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> My third and final game of the weekend was a Sunday afternoon banger, if I do say so myself. Florida A and M hosting Jackson State. In the, I think it's only the third straight year that they've opened the season against each other. Uh, but it, this game has decided that that division of the SWAC for the past three years, Florida A&M and probably Jackson will State continue to do to win. so. I know. It certainly feels that way. Florida A&M came out to a dominating start. It was 28 to nothing. And then Jackson State turned it on in the second half and very, very nearly came back. Like, I know the score doesn't look that close, but oh my gosh, was this the tale of two halves. And Florida A&M got away with one stop too many for Jackson State to come back from. Like, this was, oh my gosh, yeah. this was way closer than that score looks. I it, think the biggest it really thing for was. me... Go ahead, Doug. Which... <laughs> Doug. I was going to say, it, <laughs> it really was the tale of two halves there. Uh, if you had asked me in the first half if this was a good game, I would have said no. You asked me at the end of the game, yes, it became a good game. Uh, it really was a special teams battle, too, which you don't really hear about. The difference in this game was a few plays made on special teams. I can't say kickers are people, but kick returners at least are. 
Kick returners definitely count as people because they usually play other positions. Kick too. returners are. That helps. <laughs> I got to say, too, you know, I I thought Jackson State would come into this riding that high and being able to take some momentum into this game. Obviously, they came out flat being down at half, 28 nothing. If they would have been able to do anything in the first half, I think we're talking a different story. But I also think Absolutely. there were a lot of nerves and a lot of excitement from their, you know, their win last week. They came into this one a little, a uh, little anxious, maybe trying to live up to what up to what they had done so far, and that put them in a hole early that they just ultimately weren't able to recover from. Well, what put them in the biggest hole early was the opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Right, doesn't yep. help when you're seven seconds into a game and down seven nothing. Feels pretty bad. Feels good, man. <laughs> Feels good. Feels I think good that, for Florida A&M, I think though. that was, yeah, definitely. Was, it was on that drive, I think, because they drove the ball down the field on their first drive in response that they had the field goal blocked, which is the right. worst way to get punched in the mouth. It was it was actually not blocked. It was a high uh, high snap over the oh, head of the that's holder. Right. Yep. And Jackson State recovered it, but obviously 20 yards back down the field, and it was fourth down, so it's Florida A&M's ball at midfield. And it just opened things up. But, yeah, it was very much tail two halves, and honestly, in combination, a fun game to watch. I award myself zero points. <laughs> I, I would agree you get zero points for this weekend. Nice. <clears throat> nice. I'll take it. Very close to a negative point, so I'll take it. <laughs> One half away. And the slide of doom. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would anybody take no. Colorado over TCU? <laughs> why? Like, because I, TCU I, is overrated as shit. Yeah, so... I have an entire basically novel that I could go in on this. Um, you guys see it in the notes. I don't need to say all of that, but here, here's the reality. Colorado is a bunch of transfers. Uh, they're returning three starters, 68 new scholarship players, but the players that came in on scholarship, it seems like coach Sanders has handpicked that buy into his system. And that creates a whole different dynamic in that locker room. That's insane. Uh, this offense looked really good passing the ball. They looked like utter garbage trying to run the ball. Doug is still shaking his head at me. This is hilarious. Um, the it They can pass. They cannot run the ball. This offensive line, you can see the lack of cohesion that Doug was worried about in the run game. Uh, the biggest difference in this game was two red zone turnovers by TCU. Uh, both picks... One was in the end zone. One was at a spectacular play by Travis Hunter, who I feel like we're going to hear a lot of his name throughout this year. Uh, on a seems like a running back like sneak route that he just jumped at the end. Speaking of Travis Hunter, 145 snaps playing Iron Man football, one pass defense, one interception, caught 11 passes for 119 yards. That is a solid game. And then Shadur Sanders was just out there setting school records. Got four different receivers up over 100 yards. So, again, they can pass the ball. They can't run the ball. One of those, in fact, was their running back, was one of their receivers over 100 yards. TCU looks like it's a new team. And I I, I thought they were ranked too high at 17. I think they're going to drop out now. But it, it seems like they're searching for that identity and TCU has been known to do this where they have one really good season and then they kind of just fall back into 
above average mediocrity. That's my take on this. This was a fantastic game to watch, though. It had all the highs and lows, uh, regardless of what team you were cheering for. Yeah, um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time talking about this game because there's not a ton ton left to say. I'm going to look forward to the next game for Colorado, which we're going to talk about on Thursday because it is a rivalry game. I'm still very confused how Colorado's home opener against a very mid Nebraska team yet again. Uh, Nebraska's still the favorite, uh, especially after the show in Colorado just had against the number 17 team. I saw team the line open at negative. I saw the line open at negative three in favor of Col- like Colorado was favored. That's impressive. That's probably just because everybody's throwing their fucking money at Colorado. <clears throat> I hate this. Let's move on, please. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another game that Doug picked wrong. Legitimate point for TCU, though. One reasons that I did pick TCU is Chandler Morris beat Max Duggan out of camp last year. Yeah. So I expected that Chandler Morris would play better than Max Duggan did at the beginning of last year. And it turns out that Max Duggan was special for no good reason at the exact right moment, which happens all the time in college football. I just didn't want to believe that's the only thing that it was. And so Chandler Morris kind of wrecked me. That's that's what happened here, in my opinion. That's all I can say. Uh, without those turnovers in the red zone, TC would have won this one. So I blame it on my faith in Chandler Morris and nothing else. I, Legitimately, nothing else I got wrong. Let's, let's I blame it, it on your faith in Chandler right. Morris, too, for what it's worth. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. One last thing before we press in the next game, Ben, I looked it up. The line did open in favor of Nebraska. It is currently negative three and a half in favor of Colorado, though. It literally, the if you, if you, line has if moved. you, yeah, if you follow sports betting at all, everybody and their brother is betting Colorado for this game. So that's what's moving the line more than anything. Yes. All right. Uh, my next game I picked because I saw there was a potential for an upset in there. Uh, I didn't really quite know what Purdue was bringing to the table. I thought when I had originally picked it that Fresno State was returning most of their team. In fact, they weren't. So this was a really dangerous game for me to pick and even more dangerous for me to call the upset on it. But there was one thing that I don't think anybody realized, and that was just how bad Purdue's secondary really is. Uh, I was talking about how South Carolina has turnstiles for offensive line. And look, I I don't even know the the analogy to go with, but Purdue's secondary cannot cover anything. Uh, They're kind of just bodies on the field at this point. Uh, Purdue was up, I want to say, 23 to 14 at half uh, or 28. It forget what the score was at half, but either way, Fresno State came out in the second half and basically controlled the game from there. Uh, and then with a last two-minute drive, was able to put away the uh, the touchdown for the win. I really have nothing great to say about Purdue's defense. It's just kind of trash. You could just take out defense and just leave it at Purdue's kind of trash, and that's why I took Fresno State. There was never a chance in hell I was taking Purdue in this game, or any game, really. There's a very good reason to take Purdue, and that's Purdue usually plays really well at home in West Lafayette. 
that did not hold true this time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say. I, I hey, have no uh, words for this one. Fresno State <laughs> was a brand new team, and so was Purdue. And so I picked the Power 5 school, and I'm wrong. So, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Happens. It's week one. I didn't know. <laughs> At least you were confident enough in the dogs to yes. not worry about getting memed here. Yeah. Uh, actually, that was the one game we saw that Doug and I looked at each other wide-eyed in the middle of the show and went, "Oh God, we're gonna get memed by the governors." Uh, that no, in fact did no. not so happen. Let me let me explain something to you. This score is extremely misleading because in the fourth quarter, Austin P still had their fucking starters in. And put right. up twenty points against second and third stringers. Right. Now I know that I know the dudes that do the call for SIU, but they were legitimately concerned that their the starting quarterback for Austin P was going to get hurt. He was taking some pretty big hits from second and third stringers because they wouldn't fucking take him out. They wanted to pad his stats and make him look good. And oh my god, yeah, I, he lost fucking by ridiculous twenty six. So yeah, I. Look, I expected more out of Austin P this year. Again, this game told me more, I think, about Austin P and what we expect out of them this year than it did about the Salukis because I knew the Salukis were a good team. They're going to be in that playoff hunt. Uh, whether they get in or not, I don't know. They're coming out of the Missouri Valley, so it's going to be a tough road. But I thought Austin P was also going to be, be in that playoff hunt, which is why I took this game. I thought it was going to be a good, hard-fought game. In fact, it was not. Uh, this was all Salukis early in the game. I think it was down to five minutes left in the sec uh, in the first half before Austin P finally put up their 11th yard of offense. Absolute <laughs> domination by the Salukis in this one. It wasn't even close. Blew the doors a, off him from the beginning. That's a great stat. I love that stat. <laughs> <laughs> it took them 25 Man. minutes to get 11 yards of offense. They were, they were doing something. I'm telling you. They got there eventually though. They sure did. And if if you wanna if you wanna see something really cool, go check out our Discord. SIU did score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. It was by freshman Caleb Wagner, who broke Derrick Henry's single game rushing record in Florida high schools uh, with one arm. He was born without his uh, lower left forearm and hand, and he is an absolute monster of a running back. The Can't fact that he can hold on to the ball. Better than half the running backs out there in college tells you a lot. You need that good technique. Hold the ball properly. And don't drop my damn baby sister. Now. Hold it high, baby. There it is. All you need. <laughs> I do want Man. to shout out. Uh, there, there are a couple of other fantastic games. I guess before we go there, we should look at the overall record. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm avoiding that mostly because I sucked this week. Also, it's all your fault, and I'm, I was trying to play the game too much and avoid getting skunked, and I will not do that again in the future. If you guys not fix something, I'm just doing it anyway. Because Are you angry? I am yes. very angry. Very angry. Ben, ben, are you very calm? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I remember looking at this. I, I actually went back to our uh, our picks more times than I did to different games. Uh, just the nature of my work schedule right now, and I was I was kind of sweating. I was like, I think I'm still gonna be I'm still gonna be in a pretty good spot. But man, yeah. you made up all that ground already to tie me up. And hi, Doug. How's how's last place feel? Feels good, doesn't Fuck it? You. Fuck you. 
<laughs> feels like ass. Hold on, is anybody getting any bonus points this week? Uh we didn't actually we didn't talk about that for you, did we? I'd no. say I'd say you get one point. Uh, Colorado TCU, Fresno State, Purdue. Those were both. I'd say those were both. I'll, good I'll games. give him a point. I think he gets a point. Moves Tug squarely into sole possession of first place. Better <laughs> save it, buddy. This is the last time ever, <laughs> ever in your life. But it happens. So for, <laughs> for future reference, just so we don't get confused, like where the fuck did he pick this extra game? Let's just put it our records and then plus one, and we can add that to the to the wins at the end of the year. Yeah, sound good. Cool. Yep. We're, we yeah. we kind of made this up on the fly, so I was like, I really don't want to be like, why the fuck did he pick one more game than us last week? Because I know I'll right. forget by Thursday. Yep, definitely. <laughs> uh, before we go to the players to watch, I did want to shout out a few other games that we don't have slides for, but were very awesome, awesome to watch. One conference game in the ACC was fantastic Friday night. If you guys did get did get a chance to watch Louisville against Georgia Tech in the Aflac kickoff game, holy smokes, what a roller coaster of a game there! Uh, also, a tale of two halves. Very much so. Really, for Georgia the Tech, the tale of a singular quarter and then three other quarters. It was uh, <laughs> they put up 28 points in the second quarter and six first. points the rest of the game to end up losing 39-34. Oh, my gosh. What an opening performance for Jeff Brom and the Louisville Cardinals. I'm just laughing at you and I with Georgia Tech in the first quarter. Wow, this Georgia Tech team really looks good. Us in the fourth quarter. Never mind. Take it back. Yep. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Never happened. They they fooled us. <laughs> Never happened. Don't don't believe the lies. <laughs> A couple of very close almost upsets for the FCS over the FBS. Almost so close. Rhode Island was a bad spot away from getting a legitimate shot to take down the Georgia State Panthers. Uh, yep. Really, they gave Georgia State a first down when there was that much room between the ball and the chain. And I s- brutal, brutal 42 35 for Georgia State there. Got a little hometown bias, I guess, from the refs. Yeah. Uh, Marshall put up a fourth quarter touchdown to survive the University of Albany. The Great Danes had the lead and looked They're- pretty dang good doing it. Which would have they been so be fucking funny. After last year when Marshall comes out and beats Notre Dame and was the spoiler last year, this year to get beat by fucking Albany. (laughs) Oh, my God. But it was all Rasheen Ali, as we had talked about for Marshall in our our preseason previews of the Thundering Herd. Rasheen Ali is going to be that that driving force there or the running force there, I guess you could say. Uh, Also, Maine lost by two to Florida International. Florida International actually God. won a game. Good job. That, game, that was I impressive to even see Maine performing that well. Forget <laughs> the fact that Florida International won. I don't know. Definitely. That is uh, not a good look for FIU to have Maine that close to you. Let's be real. I think that's that's the takeaway. No, Maine, Maine's not a good team. No. A couple other really close ones that probably shouldn't have been. Uh, Toledo against Illinois at Illinois. 28 to 30 was the final score there. Wow, Illinois uh, definitely lost some on that defense. They got very lucky 
is what happened. I really thought Toledo was going to take it. Yeah. Yeah, ended up with a final field goal to take the lead. Uh, Toledo missed a two-point conversion at the end there, and Uh Illinois just kind of kind of snuck away with one <laughs> hey they don't ask yeah, how t- they ask how many i guess yes technically correct uh except for the case of iowa where the offensive coordinator there brian ferentz has a clause in his contract now that he needs to average 25 points a game this season to keep his job for next year guess He's how many fun. points he had against utah state 25 four 24. He missed it by one point against the Utah State Aggies. He is Did he get fired? <laughs> Not <laughs> yet. So fucked. Not yet. Has, so here's here's my Iowa, question. Has when Iowa he gets ever? The, yeah, I, probably. Maybe. <laughs> when he gets the midseason and mathematically will not make it, will they fire him then or will they lit, Will they uh, at least have him stay for um, the full I'm Isn't sure he'll stay the full coach? year. Yeah. Yeah. He'll stay the full year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how Ooh, how about Texas longest, State over Baylor? Longest tenured coach in uh, FBS history. Or not FBS history, but I mean in the in the FBS currently is Kirk Ferentz. Been at Iowa for over 20 years. I think it's 28 now. I mean, he's been there a long time. Uh, yeah. Some, some nice upset games. From group of five schools against power five schools, uh, starting with Texas State's first ever win against an FBS power five opponent, 42 to 31 over Baylor. I will Another say I think part of this that was mostly built off the transfer portal, same as we talked about with Colorado, Texas State had the third most transfers in of any school in the country this year. And, uh, it seems to be working so far, I guess. It's <laughs> so I I will say this though. I part of this for Baylor could be that their starting quarterback did go down with an injury. He's expected to miss the next two to three weeks with a sprained MCL. So that probably had some factor into it at the very least. But Texas State coming in, taking the paycheck and the W, that's a good weekend. Yeah, I think Texas State got paid a little over a million dollars to come in there to beat Baylor and win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty nice. awesome. Same with Fresno state. Actually, I think that was 1.3 million for Fresno state to come to Purdue this year. Uh, nice. <laughs> Gotta love that. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Illinois, Northern Illinois over Boston college, 27, 24 in overtime. This is looking really bad. For Boston College and head coach Jeff Halfley, I uh, think that hot seat is firing up very hot. Love I, it. I think you're right, but that game, again, the loss is what matters out of this. There was something that was – Boston College came out real slow. I think at halftime, I want to say um, NIU was up 24-7. to No, halftime it was 7 nothing. Okay. NIU. At one, at, one, at one point, it was 24-7, to seven and Boston College came, stormed back, and somehow tied it up. I had seen something on it, but... It was 21-7. Uh, ah, okay. And then, then Boston College started to try to come back, and it was 21-all heading into overtime. And then uh, 
Austin Collins got a field okay. goal, and IU got the touchdown. So, it's, yeah, very bad look. Awful start to the season for Boston College there. I say the first half qualifies as the start to the season. And you got to put that on the yes. head coach. You got to script some better drives there to get your team ready to play. Yep. So, bad look there. Also, very bad look for Texas Tech. A team a lot of people had a lot of unwarranted faith in. You're, yours truly included in that. Uh, yeah, I thought Texas Tech might be good this year. But then they went to... It- Wyoming, where Wyoming Laramie, happened yeah. to them, and <laughs> they got Wyoming. Look, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it, but I love they, it. There's a t- there's a ton of stadiums that are hard to play in across across the United States. Wyoming is one of the more difficult ones for a completely different reason. They're the highest elevation out there, so what your players think they have in the tank, they really don't. Uh, that's actually killed Air Force up there plenty of times, even though Air Force tries to claim that they have the highest stadium. They don't. It's actually Wyoming. Another reason I hate them. Um, but yeah, that that the altitude change from uh, definitely Lubbock, makes a difference. Yeah, that altitude change from Lubbock to, to Laramie is is nuts. And that's definitely gonna have next, an effect. Next week, Texas Tech, Oregon. Uh, for some reason, Texas Tech is going to win that game now. That's just how this works. Wyoming is going to be a Pac-12 champion by default because we're going to say that they beat the team that beat Oregon. You mean the Pac-2 champ? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> the Tupac this was, a, this was a double overtime, 35-33. <laughs> very fun game that I wish I had taken now and I seriously yeah. considered but didn't do because I'm an idiot. Uh <laughs> And then you could have given Tug an automatic loss because you knew he wasn't yeah. going to take Wyoming. Yeah, I didn't know why I'm ever taking Wyoming. I know. Uh, one other score I wanted to shout out. I know this is a lot, but it's also week one. Got to give us a break here. Uh, it's fun. Football's back. Uh, we talked about Oregon winning 81-3, to three, I believe it was, against Portland State. Seven. I think it was seven. Same difference. Who cares at that point? <laughs> uh, another... Maybe more impressive one, Oklahoma over Arkansas State, 73 to nothing. Holy uh, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, the champions of life suck again, which is beautiful. Yeah. Second of all, I I watched like the first five minutes of this game before I went to bed. Oklahoma State just did whatever the fuck they wanted to. They're like, oh, you know what? I think I'll just throw for an 80-yard fucking touchdown on this play. And they did. They did. Yeah. Arkansas State Oklahoma, had zero at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma. Well, you know, Oklahoma, Arkansas State, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Oklahoma dominated this one. It wasn't even fucking close. I think <laughs> it was 42 to nothing by half. Um. I'm gonna. I gotta check you now because you were wrong before. It's forty-five nothing and a half. Actually, that's even worse. Okay, so it's at least forty-two to nothing and a half. Yeah. God damn. Ridiculous. Oh man, I did see a video on X.com of Butch Jones keeled over on the sidelines, crying, crying, and yeah. one of his players consoling him. That is just. Uh, I. Here's what pisses me off oof. the most: is I wanted to take the fucking paint bucket bowl next week. Zero chance I can do that now. Zero chance I can take that fucking game. <laughs> It'd be as bad as taking fucking Memphis Bethune-Cookman. Which was a fantastic game if you're a Memphis fan. So. Eh. 
if you're a Bethune Cookman fan, you do have some things to actually be happy about. Your defensive line is fucking amazing. Your defense Fair scored enough. their defense scored all their points. Include two big man touchdowns of a scoop and score and a tip uh tip pass INT that he returned like 80 something fucking yards. It was quite impressive. I wasn't oh, even mad. Did they get the big boy some some oxygen? It's not fucking hot. Are you kidding me? It's at sea level. <laughs> I don't care. No. You said you said it was a big man touchdown, right? He just ran 86 yards. He didn't ever run 86 yards. Look, look. Let me explain something to you. <laughs> the way defensive ends work, they're track stars <laughs> that they let run at the quarterback for free. Okay, when you say big man touchdown, I'm picturing uh, – Vince Wilfork if going up. If this dude was snagging. Vince Wilfork size, you think he makes it 83 fucking yards? Vince Wilfork would. <laughs> Goddamn close. Yeah, but he ain't, he ain't outrunning he ain't outrunning all skill players. Either way. No, he wasn't track. outrunning anyone. We're off track. I do want to shout out two more. There's a, There were two Division II wins over FCS schools, which is brutal. But it does happen. Uh, actually, three. My bad. I missed one. Uh, they were all against HBCUs. This, this looks really bad. <laughs> the Bowie State Bulldogs beat the Delaware State Hornets 22 to 11. Uh, if you're in a D2 school, beat you 22 to 11. That Are is they rough. all out of the MEAC? Um, no, no, they're not. Okay. Virginia State over Norfolk State. Brutal. 33 to 24. Oh my God. And uh, Central State. It's not I gotta find out where this fucking school is now. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's double. It is directional. It's no, in Ohio. It's, not. it's Central. Yeah, Central well, Ohio is, is Central. Yeah. It's the Central State Marauders. Beat the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils 24 to 21. Okay, that one's at least close. Uh, including a two point differential in the fourth quarter. Mississippi State got the two point conversion uh, for an eight point fourth quarter, but Central State came back and uh, scored again uh, off of uh, a game winning touchdown. Oh, God. So that is, that is really brutal. <laughs> and just wild uh, also uh morgan state got their first week one win in like a decade upsetting richmond out of nowhere 17 to 10 at richmond what a wild game for morgan state and oh my gosh i think this changes some of our calculus for the playoff picture for the caa i know we had richmond as like a borderline maybe they get in maybe not yeah, now they the, don't. The way they looked in week one, oh my gosh, that is uh, that's not what we expected. Gotta say that. And Lafayette upsetting Sacred Heart, I would say that was a uh, another very, very big surprise for me this weekend. Nineteen to fourteen, Lafayette gets the big conference win there. Start week one. Also, I absolutely hate it that Stetson played a St. Thomas, but not the St. Thomas that's in their conference. It was a St. Thomas out of Florida. It, 
Gosh, this is a high school. Place. We need to. There can only be one in college. Highlander. Highlander rules. They gotta chop yeah. the dean's. Got to try and chop each other's heads off. They just have to play each other, and the winner, best two out of three, gets to keep the name forever. Now I think Miami, Florida, you know, gets to claim the Miami name. Now Miami, Ohio needs to change their name. Make it happen. I agree. It's, them's the rules. We don't make the rules, except we just did, but we don't make them actually. It's we make Think it for the it. show. So Jeremy Musa. <laughs> yeah. Had a couple of prospects worth checking out. Uh, these guys are potential UDFAs, but just guys that are worth paying attention to that are flying under the radar, not your first rounders that everyone's going to be talking about all throughout the season. I'd like to highlight one offensive, one defensive player a week. For this weekend, I picked Jeremy Musa on the offensive side of the ball, quarterback for Florida A&M. The Rattlers. And we talked about it in the preview that that completion percentage does look rough. But you have to account for he's playing with some, you know, he's not playing with uh, Ohio State's receiving core here. Let's be honest with each other. Yeah. Uh, there were some, some balls that hit guys in the hands that fell incomplete. Terrible one spot. that looked like it should have been an interception because it bounced off of the tight end's somebody. hand into the defensive back's hands. Uh, ended up not counting as an interception. Luckily for Musa's stat line here, two touchdowns, no picks on the day was his final stat line. I do like a lot of his quick decision making. I liked his ability to read the defense and his placement on most short to medium passes was phenomenal. One thing that you pointed out, Tug, and what I saw early in the game was the deep ball looks difficult for him is probably the best way to say that. And yep. he looked best throwing the deep ball when he was off his rhythm, which is a problem, right? If you are too in your head about the deep ball and you can't throw it correctly when you have your feet set and you have the time, your offensive line's giving you some protection, that is a just a – measure of poor mechanics i would bet that could be fixed but it's going to take some serious time and as old as he is a graduate senior has been around college football for a while now most nfl teams aren't going to want to put in that kind of time to fix that let's be real uh i think there is a legitimate shot that he does very well in a spring league i would love to see him in the xfl the usfl but there's not too much opportunity for a quarterback who needs that much development at the next level at this age. Yeah, not not right now. And like you said, the spring leagues would be perfect for him. Give him that chance to develop, not on the NFL's time. And especially for quarterbacks, those teams seem to come knocking for those, those standout quarterbacks out of those spring leagues, even if it is right. as a backup role or a practice squad or a training camp body they give them the opportunity at least to some degree. Oh, definitely. And as the game went on, the deep ball got worse. So maybe just getting into his own head and with Jackson State coming back, you know, felt like relying on the passing game more, maybe overthinking it. And yep. hopefully we'll see him progress throughout the season as well. Obviously, this is still week one. So long way to go. 150 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I'll take that every week, honestly. Not too bad. Yeah. Keep it on the ground. Run out some wins. Love to see it. 
And on the defensive side of the ball, Fentrell went a little faster. The second. Two, my bad. That's all right. Uh, cornerback for Florida State. I don't have a picture on, of him on Florida State yet. Uh, probably had some good opportunities for one last night, but I wasn't there. I didn't take any pictures of him. So we'll we'll save that for a later date, I guess. Uh, still got his picture here with the Virginia Cavaliers. He was there for three seasons, and as we talked about in the preview show, looked dang good doing it the last couple of years, so much so that teams really didn't throw his way when he was at Virginia. They had to. LSU had to last night simply because Fentrell Cypress was on the field. Uh, I think, Tug, you were saying he was on the field almost the most of any defensive back or second most of any defensive back. Yeah, I think he was the second most. He was the outside corner for most of the game, second most of any defensive back out on that field. So you can't just eliminate one side of the field against a good defense like Florida State. You have to figure out a way to get the ball his direction. Uh, so six balls were thrown his way. Three of them were completions, which does happen. You know, guys cut in front of you. That's, it, that's football. You know, that's football. Yeah. Uh, but he's still... Still caused three incompletions. Uh, I definitely saw one where he he got there, like, definitely not a penalty, definitely not early, but literally right on time. Got his hand on the receiver's arm and caused an incompletion. It was a really beautiful play from him. Uh, also, there was a missed tackle. I hate that that tackle. doesn't count as a pass defense. I know. I know. Uh, there was a missed tackle. So there was one big play, and they got some yards on him, but no touchdowns against him. I think this was a good showing, all things considered. Not, you know, the not a perfect performance by any means, but still looked pretty dang good. And for it being his fourth year in college, redshirt junior here, if he keeps this up, honestly gets a little development under him, but mostly just keeps this up. Yeah, he's going to the draft and should be – one to look forward to. Six foot, 190 pounds, pretty solid. Yep. Right. <clears throat> All right. Overreaction time. What team are we completely out on after week one? TCU and Colorado. Fuck them both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of out of the matchups we talked about, you you have to say TCU. They they. They're the only team we really talked about in our game picks that was ranked that weren't in the FCS. Um, I you, you got to be out on them. And again, it's a lot of what you and I were talking about, Ben. It's a lot of what we were expecting. It is a small rebuild process. Maybe they can find their feet. That defense still needs a lot of work like it did last year. That's what burned them against Georgia. It's what's burning them here. <clears throat> so we, we didn't pick this game but it's one we talked about a little bit i would be more out on baylor tcu had the tall task going up against the colorado team that's had all this hype and had all the you know everything around them they were going to come out with a little something extra into that game even with tcu coming off a national championship runner-up season they did lose a lot argument i i'm tired of here i tried not to bring that up today because that's all I've been hearing is Coach Prime did this against a a the, a team that went to the national championship last year. No, the uniforms are the same and the school is the same. The team is so different. 
I I said that. I said I they just... came off of that. And then you interrupted ah. me. <laughs> I, I've heard they the came off complaining about this to me for two days. So I'm sure he has. It. They came. <laughs> You're right, though. They came off of that. The team is completely different. They had a lot to live up to. Both of these teams had a lot of pressure going into this game, but I would say more of Colorado's pressure has been positive energy going their way, which, you know, that's kind of lame to get into. But at the same time, there's not this, oh, what are you guys going to do this year? There is, man, the sky is really the limit for you guys. Whereas TCU, I still think they're a fine team, but, man, they had big shoes to fill after last season. Go look at Baylor, though. I don't know what's been going on with them the past couple of years. They've kind of been an enigma. And then to come out and lose to Texas State, I maybe this is something that says more about what Texas State's going to do this year because they've they've certainly felt like a team that has needed, needed a win like this to propel them into having a good season the past couple of years. Uh, but, man, I, I'm very nervous if I'm a Baylor Bears fan. Definitely. There's already been – Talks I've heard that said Dave Aranda's seat's heating up. Um, I, if we're opening up football if in it's Texas. O- hey, if we're right. we're opening up games that we didn't pick, I'm I'm out on Arkansas State. It's a tough decision, man. They just don't have it this year. <laughs> out on them. <laughs> Ass every fucking year. Uh, I'm out. I'm also out <laughs> on Army losing to Louisiana Monroe, 17-14. <laughs> Bad look. Uh, for the FCS <laughs> level, I got to say, I am completely out on Davidson. We had them as a potential to make it to the playoffs simply because they had a shot to win their conference. Even if they do, they're not going to be anything in the playoffs. I un- Unreal how bad that team looked against VMI, and VMI is not going to be good. So yeah. Davidson, I am 100% out on, even though I was only in by like a hair on my toes. Like, <laughs> I didn't think they were going to be good to begin with, but man, this is, is worse than I expected. <laughs> is there any team that shocked you that you're now in on? Yeah, definitely fair question. Got to ask the inverse. Um, I think the one people are going to be talking about the most is Florida State, simply because of that statement they put up against LSU. A lot of people didn't expect it to be that decisive, even if Florida State was picked by, I mean, both of you and I know several others were picking Florida State to win this one. I think that's a that's a huge statement there. You have to you have to take Florida State a little bit more seriously in the ACC race, at least, simply based on this performance for sure. Although I don't know if that's necessarily the same as not being in on a team at all and then just seeing yeah. the performances this week. So open up the floor i think oklahoma's constantly having question marks about them they do have a lot of turnover yeah. at the quarterback position it seems like every year every other year has been kind of the case recently here as well they they played at will and this is when when you see a team when you see a team like oregon do this against F- fcs portland state okay whatever but to see oklahoma do this against arkansas state is Shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would I, say another the, the team, team that we didn't mention before you jump in, Tug. This will be this be really quick. Uh, one team that we didn't mention yet, who I am completely in on now, is Washington. 56-14 over Boise State. 
Boise State was the top ten defense in the country last year. I, I forgot a, about Boise this week. That that was a legitimately good squad that Washington yep. just beat up fifty six fourteen. Oh my gosh. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different direction. I'm gonna try not to sound like a homer, but it it is a homer pick. Uh, I'm actually in on Rhode Island this year. They looked good against Georgia State. I know it's Georgia State. They looked better than what we were expecting out of them. <coughs> it was exciting for me. I haven't been excited about football in Rhode Island in God knows how long. Okay, ever? <laughs> yeah, basically. So I reason. I will say I think they're going to do better than than we were expecting them to. Oh man, I I think the slow start for Wisconsin might be concerning as well. But they did turn on the second half, ended up being thirty-eight seventeen. Um, it we you were saying earlier we expect slow starts in week one. It's it's part of week one. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm I'm looking for a team that I'm I was surprised by. I think one of the most surprising to me would be Cal. And they're just domination of North Texas. Yeah, they beat up uh, North Texas good. Ended up being 58-21 and a shutout in the second half. I mean, yeah, Cal looked way better than I expected for sure. Yep. I don't know if I'm in on them, really. Like, I don't trust whoever that quarterback's going to be still. Like, <laughs> a couple of them played, so – who knows who's actually going to end up being the long-term starter and who, how, how they'll do in conference is a complete gamble right now, but man, Cal looked better than I thought they would. That's fair. And then you have a uh, Oregon state DJ. Uyunglele sitting uh, I mean, throwing five touchdowns, no picks. Oregon state looks good, man. Y'all hating. Tug, hating. Tug just About loves time. hearing that. Huh? All right. I mean, if he if you got he some a better system for him, good for him. You got some lease for us, Doug? Yeah, as long as I don't cut out. I don't have been all day. All right, we got no, no, no. Uh, you're not you, weaseling you, out of this. Yeah, you can give it a shot. Yeah, <laughs> I said I was going to. Yeah. Damn. All right, we got our patreon.com slash BT football, x.com slash BT football, facebook.com slash BT football, instagram.com slash BT underscore football, BDT football.com, mailbox at BDT football.com. YouTube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches and our discord link. I will not read it. It will be linked in the description below along with everything else. I just read X also known as Twitter because I'm never going to not call it Twitter. I don't care what Elon Musk decides to call it. I'm really trying to call it X and I'm struggling it's, most of the time. So it's the proper branding. I know, but it, it does suck. Also Duke just took it the does. leads 13, seven. Yeah, if you uh, they, if you saw my my very interested face a while ago, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so maybe it's going to be Duke, than... UNC, and FSU in the ACC race this year. We'll see. I'm okay with that. Maybe Duke Louisville, Georgia Tech are way better than people are thinking. Maybe Louisville will be up there too. Who knows? I, I doubt, doubt it. it. But maybe. <laughs> but maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Next year, it'll be SMU up in there. Stop it. <laughs> yeah? Yep. All right, folks. We got to get out of here. It's devolving quickly. But, man, what a great podcast before this moment. <laughs> wow, what a great podcast. <laughs> oh, man. 
All right. See you, folks. See you. You going to take us out? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and or listening. Just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trade game.